Hi everyone. Um, how are you? I hope everything's doing well with you. Well, it's been a rocky few days for me and my family, and it's because my my brother-in-law, who happens to be one of my best friends, just passed away um, just two days ago, and I just decided just to speak, you know, speak with my heart to, to you guys. And I hope this message will really hit home. And we were, we're in a series called Four Pillars of Relationship. And relationships are very important. They're, they're the greatest blessings of God in our lives, the people who are close to us. It's really sad when you don't have a friend or people who are closest to you. But I have been blessed with um, several close friends. And I always remember that, you know, not everyone's really your friend. There are just a handful of people who can really be close to you. And these pillars of relationship are so important. Last week, we talked about one of the pillars of relationship, which is love. There are four pillars, love, trust, forgiveness, and communication. Today, I want to talk about trust. You know, trust. Trust is very important in any relationship. It's more important than uh, money. It's more important than sometimes life itself. So um, trust is so important in any relationship. And no one's perfect. We make mistakes. We say things that we don't do. We sometimes um, we don't do the right thing. But we're going to talk about that next week. We're going to talk about the reset button. But today, I want to talk about trust because trust is key. It's a glue to any relationship. And husbands and wives, sometimes they separate because of, you know, mistrust or a lack of trust. So I want to talk about trust. And trust is so important. Um, I know I heard of this story about a, a businessman who rode a plane and he was about to travel and there's turbulence in the air. And everybody was panicking. Then there was a little girl, probably five-year-old girl, who was just chilling and wasn't, you know, affected by the turbulence. He was just, you know, very secure. And after all the turbulence and everybody was panicking, finally they landed. And this businessman asked the girl, he asked her, why are you so calm and why are you so secure? And even when everybody's panicking, and the little girl said, you know, I feel safe. I said, why? Because the pilot of the plane is my father. He's my, he's my dad. And I realized, sometimes we have to realize that Father God, our Father in heaven is our dad, that he is in control, that he will make sure that we're safe. And that we can trust him no matter what the situation is. You know, my brother-in-law just died. And I was asking so many questions in my mind. Why, why did he die? He didn't have any sickness. He was a runner. He was a biker. I don't know. Some people are saying maybe over-trained or something. And just in an instance, he had a heart attack and died. And I'm supposed to meet him in the next few days and just, you know, have so many plans this year. And I don't understand. I don't understand why he had to go. And I had so many questions in my mind. He was a good guy. Why don't you take all the other bad guys? 
And there's so many questions in our lives. Why things happen to us that don't fall our own way. But you know, I made the decision that, you know, God, I really don't understand this life. There are things in this life that we probably couldn't understand. That I will just have to trust you totally. That's why the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, with, even with your mind and your soul and your strength. And lean not on your own understanding. You know, I just believe the word of God that he's in the better place. And maybe years from now, I can begin to understand why it happened. But for now, I make a decision to trust God because I believe God has a plan for us. And it's not over. And that we have to move on, right? Today, I want to speak to you, not just as a friend, but as a spiritual father. And I have a few points today. I want to tell you that God designed us to have a victorious life on earth. He wants you to win on earth. And if you want to win on earth, trust is important. Trust is the foundation of all relationships. Okay, Love is not the foundation of relationship. It's actually trust. And I remember if you go back in time during the days of Adam and Eve, God did not kick Adam and Eve out of Eden because he didn't love them. But he kicked them out because he did not trust them. And I realize God's like that. There are, there are consequences to the things that we do. And not because, because God hates you. It's because he realized if you keep disobeying me, it's going to get worse with you. So he had to punish them. Because he didn't trust them, they have to earn back the trust. It's the very reason why the Israelites who were saved or saved out of um, slavery, out of Egypt, and when they got out of Egypt and they were walking towards the promised land, I noticed that instead of a 14-day walk, which was actually only 14 days to get to the promised land, it took them 40 years, four zero years to reach the promised land. Again, it's not because God did not love them, but they were not worthy to receive what was promised. God did not entrust to them something bigger because they could not handle it. And that's why God did not trust them. You see, you can love somebody and not trust them. Have you experienced that? You love some of your relatives and friends, and yet you don't trust them, but you love them. Jesus, in another way, said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. In another verse, he says, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. See, truth and trust are very identical. Some people are saying that, the way you spell trust is spelled T-R-U-T-H. Because one of the characteristics of somebody who's trustworthy is somebody who's honest, who's truthful. Very important to understand that without being, without being honest, you cannot be trusted. See, God is the way, the truth, and the life. He is truth. God is truth. Everything that he says is truthful. When he thinks, he thinks about truth. There's nothing false about God. And again, the Bible tells us that Satan is the father of lies. That's why it says liars go to hell. See, when you fall into lies, you know, a lot of people today live in a lie. I used to live in a lie, and sometimes I still do. You know what a lie is? It's where you have false pretenses. When you're hiding the truth, you're trying to show people who you're really not. And sometimes when you are 
having a facade or you're faking it. You know that verse, fake it till you make it. And that's not even true. When you fake it and you're not really true, you're not going to go ahead in life. It is the truth that will make you free. So it's important that in order for us to be trusted, we have to be honest. My second point here is trust is earned. Unlike love, love is given, trust is earned. You earn it by passing the, the test. You have to earn trust. You can't tell people, trust me, no. You can love them, but when, it regard, when it's regarding trust, you have to work on it. It's like a trust fund. The more you do the right thing, the more people will trust you. It takes time. It takes consistency. That's why they say consistency breeds trust. But there are several tests that God does to us in order for us to pass the test, in order for the trust level to go up. When I meet people in my life, normally it's neutral. And then when I begin to live life with them, it's either the trust level goes down or the trust level goes up. The first test is the obedience test. See, how much, how much does God trust me? Or how much does God trust you? When God tells you things, do you obey? Do you follow? Are you a good steward of the things that he's telling you to do? When he tells you or commands you to do things, are you able to obey God? Do you follow his word? Can you be trusted with the little things that he's telling you? In Luke 16.10, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with very much. Very important that we can be trusted by God. The second kind of test is the words test. Your words. You know, James alluded to this. That our words are so powerful that when we say things, it can make or break a person. And God tells us things about spoken words. He says, do not lie. Again, Satan is the father of lies. You know what lie is? Even when you just exaggerate. Let's say somebody tells you to, to do, you know, to give something. Or let's say, okay, um... How much is this worth? You say 10 pesos when it's really 12 pesos or $10 when it's really $12. Or, or let's say, oh, I was able to um, hit the ball 10 times when you really just hit the ball nine times. See, exaggeration is a test. It's a lie. And God's testing your words. Okay, when you tell people you're going to be there by 9 a.m. and you arrive by 9.30, that's not, that's, God's testing you, okay? Will you go there and you say yes and you don't? Or I'll try, but you won't. See, let your yes be a yes and your no be a no. It's the words test. What's, what comes out of your mouth? Because people will begin to see who you really are. The third kind of test is called the time test. Are you on time? See, some people might not mind you being late, but there's so many people who you know, are so concerned about what your words are. When you say you're arriving at 8, make sure you're there at 7.30. Be there on time. It's called the time test. Because when the time that we have is really not just our time, it's God's time. And we have to be a good steward of the life that God has given to us. And lastly, the money test. Oh, the hardest test. The money test. Do you cheat? Do you lie? The Bible says, the Lord detests deferring weights and dishonest scales. 
do not please him. You know, I was just going to the wet market here in the Philippines. Wet market is really when you buy live fish. I mean, when you look at the, the fish and the crabs and the shrimp, they're all alive. They're moving. You know, and then you buy fresh vegetables. And one time we ordered something. My wife was ordering something. And the lady goes, oh, I kind of know how much. It's, it's 150 pesos. Okay. And then my wife goes, why don't you check the scale just to make sure? And it came out to only 140. And then why are you charging me 150 when it's only 140? Oh, ma'am, you know what she said? Oh, you're so stingy. She even told my wife, you're so stingy. It's just 10 pesos. You should just, you should just have thought that, man, I'm just going to bless her with the little. You know, she was even blaming my wife that you're so stingy. And I look at her, you know, I, I said, it's okay, honey. Just, just get it. And we were talking about that. You know, the Lord detests deferring weights and dishonest scales. That was being dishonest. It has nothing to do whether my wife was stingy or not. She was dishonest. You know, I could have blessed her if she just told me she needed more. To me, scales are scales. Weights are weight. It has to be very objective and very specific. Because we're not just answerable to men, we're answerable to God. My third point. Trust is easy to lose. So hard to earn. So hard. You earn it through many years and you lose it in just an instance. Why? Because you make one mistake in everything you've done, especially in the area that are important. Your word is so important. That's why when you fall, you better make sure you, you know, you think twice before you start doing anything. You know, as a, as a pastor, we've counseled so many couples. And many of them have been married for many years. And then one day, one of them would fall into adultery. And the trust is lost overnight. And many, that's why there's so, much, so many divorce. So many people end up separating. Because the trust is lost. And how do you do it again? It's very hard. But let me just encourage you today. What is impossible for men is possible for God. God can pick up the pieces and put them together again. Because he's a trustworthy God. If you will finally repent of that sin and just decide, Lord, I am sorry, I want to do it right. It may be a long and narrow road, but let me tell you, it's always hopeful. Which is, leads me to my last point. Trust can be mended. No matter how grave or no matter how hard or how much you have fallen, God can mend it because God is a God of the impossible. So I'd just like to talk about that again and just end with this. Trust is the foundation of relationship. Trust is developed when we are consistent. Consistency breeds trust. And trust is so hard to earn. But if case you fall, it is still possible for God to mend it because God is the God of the impossible.